Yes, Lord, we, th- we do thank you for your word and we just thank you for this opportunity that we have to open it up and let it speak to us. You said your word is living and active and so we, yeah, we just invite your spirit here to invite us into your presence. Lord, I pray that you would um, just be speaking to each one of us as we are um, opening up your word this morning and Lord, give each one of us guidance and just show us what your will is this morning. We just thank you for holding us, each one of us in your hands and for your love for us. Lord, you're just immense, unmeasurable love that you have for us. I just pray that through this time our hearts would be opened to your love and that you would just pour in to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So yeah, I'm going to invite Nancy up here, and she's going to be leading us in the time that would normally be our sermon time, and so I'm going to give it over to her, and she'll give us some more explanation for us. So thank you again, Nancy, for being willing to do this. Is that good? Yes, it's perfect. So... um, Interestingly, the sermon that was supposed to be preached today was on the topic of how our spiritual gifts build up the body of Christ. And so rather than just passively listening to a sermon about how we are, we can use our gifts to build up the body of Christ, we are actually going to do what Scripture says. And so um, although this format is going to be very different than normal, We pray that you will come away from this service feeling richly blessed by God himself. And so before I explain that in more detail, what I'd like to do is read a brief passage from 1 Corinthians 14, 1-4. And so I invite you to, if you have your Bibles with you, to um, turn to that with me. 1 Corinthians 14, 1-4. You will notice in this passage that um, Paul is talking about the gifts of um, tongues and also prophecy. And so I invite you, while we read these first four passages, the first four verses, for um, you to listen or pay particular attention to the verses that deal with prophecy. So starting verse 1, chapter 14. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, anyone who no one understands them, they utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Thank you, Jesus, for your truth, the truth of your word and your wisdom. And so um, during the next 15 minutes or so, we are going to be doing exactly what this passage is encouraging us to do. And that is we are going to silence ourselves before the Lord. We're going to be asking him to bring to mind a particular passage that would be that we could use or we could share to build up, to comfort, to strengthen, to build up our body. 
And so we're going to be spending time in silence listening to the Lord and so that we can build up our church family. And so that rather than a sermon today, we're actually going to allow the word of God to edify us. And so hopefully you have your Bibles with you or maybe a phone app so that you, that you could use um, to access the Bible. And so I just have to say, like with a drastic change like this, there's a temptation to um, be disappointed or focus on the disappointment. Oh, we're not going to have a sermon or this format is way different than we're used to. But instead, I invite you to view this as a real um, opportunity to grow in hearing the word of God, hearing him speak to you. You know, hearing the ability to hear God speak is so important for our own spiritual growth. And it's also really important for us to be able to edify each other, especially as the world gets darker. And so it's so important that we learn these skills. And so this is an opportunity in a corporate setting to listen to the Lord and to edify each other as to what he brings to mind. And so I think, I mean, I'm excited about what the Lord is going to do during this time. And so uh, so just to reiterate, I'm going to begin with an opening prayer. And then we're going to be silent before the Lord. Ask him if he would bring a passage to mind that would... Um, strengthen us, encourage us, comfort us, or whatever. And then I'm going to ask you to bring it to Stephanie. She's going to be over there. And then if we have a line of people, we could just maybe line down that wall and then just share it with Stephanie. And then um, if we have a line of people, I'll cue you when to come up to the microphone and to share it. And then along with anything else that the Lord may lay on your heart in conjunction with that passage. Okay? And so, and this invitation is not just for adults. It's for kids, too. And so God speaks to everyone. And so I don't care if you're five years old or you're 105 years old, God speaks. And so if you have, especially if you have a passage that you memorized or whatever, you know, and it's meaningful to you, bring it up. And so we are eager to see what God's going to do during this time. So um, because this is a different format than usual, I'm actually going to put on my teacher hat for a second and ask if you have any questions. Or if you need any clarification, or if it's pretty clear. Yes. So, no. Yeah. So, um, because of COVID, we are not using um, the community Bibles. So, I am sorry about that. But, yeah, if you have your phone with you, Oh, there you go. So if you have your phone with you, you can maybe access the Bible on your phone app. Any other questions? Okay. So would you join me in a word of prayer? And then we'll start. So Holy Father, we come to you with thanksgiving in our heart for the priceless gift of your word. We thank you that you are a good father whose eyes are always on us. Lord, you knew in this day that we would be without our pastors. But Lord, we have your word, which is manna to our souls and fulfills our every need. So we invite you in your fullness, Holy Spirit, to just permeate this place. We claim you, Jesus Christ, as the Lord over this place and also over our hearts. We silence all the voices of the enemy and we quiet our own voice. And we thank you that as your sheep, we can recognize your voice, Jesus. 
And we ask you now to impress upon our hearts passages of scripture that would build us up, passages that would encourage and strengthen and comfort us. And we are looking forward to how you will be speaking your word to us by using us as your vessels through whom you speak. May you have your way with us during this time, Lord. It is in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Gold Avenue. I had a little heads up that this was going to happen being in the prayer meeting this morning, so um, I had time to pray and consider what the Lord would want to share through me. Last Sunday, I heard a message from Acts 16, which was really powerful. And then this Sunday morning, I was having my devotions and sitting in my chair, and my eyes fell in my bookcase next to me, and, and this book just kind of stood out to me, something that Pastor Jalisa had given to me on Friday, a book about building the church through the Holy Spirit. So I began reading that book this morning, and it emphasized this same passage of Scripture that I heard last Sunday um, in a different church. I had to travel for work. And it's all about hearing God's voice, hearing his call. And I, it just struck me, wow, Lord, twice in one, in one week, the same message. And I just really took note of that. When you hear the same thing in such a short period of time, uh, it's just notable. And then I got here this morning and heard Nancy talking about the change of of order in the service, and I thought, wonder if I should share. And then the butterflies came, and it's like, okay, here I go. <laughs> so I'm going to begin reading from Acts 16, verse 9. That night, Paul had a vision. He saw a man from Macedonia in northern Greece 
pleading with him, come over here and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, for we could only conclude that God was calling us to preach the good news there. A little bit of background, Paul was actually planning on heading to Asia, but the door closed for him to do that. So now he's seeing a vision of a man from Europe calling him to go there. And so he hears the Lord's voice, Lord's voice, not unlike you heard his voice this morning, Miko, and he obeyed. And he went to Europe, to northern Greece. And while there, there were three converts to the first church in Europe. The first one was a woman from Asia, the very place that Paul had intended to go. She was from Thyatira in Asia, and she was the first convert. The second convert was a slave girl. I love that picture of a slave being the second convert in the church in Europe. The third convert was a Roman jailer, a tough guy. And when there was an earthquake in the prison where Paul was being held, and Paul said, don't worry, don't kill yourself. We're all here. None of us have escaped. Uh, He became the third convert in the church. I think what a beautiful picture that is. These three people, an Asian woman, a young slave girl, and a Roman tough guy. And what that says to me is that God loves us all. We all come from different backgrounds, from different places, and still he chooses to work in us and through us. doesn't matter where we've been, what we've done. He speaks to us. He calls us. And if we're obedient, we will make an impact on this world. The kingdom will come. Here on earth. Amen. And so be encouraged by the word of the Lord. Amen. Just by the way, I encourage you to write down the passages that we're covering. Um, you know, so that you can refer to them later. I mean, this is the God is speaking to us and through what he's bringing to mind. And so I just think this is a wonderful opportunity to have God bless us directly through his word. I am so excited to share one of my one of my all time favorite passages from uh, from Psalm 34, and uh, I've, I've dealt with uh, fear and shame in my life, and this speaks directly to that. So, if you're dealing with fear or shame this morning, um, please pay attention to this word from Psalm 34. Four, I sought the Lord, and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant; their faces are never covered with shame. Let me read it again since it's short. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Amen. 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 I'm a plant, but um, (laughs) uh, 
I have been um, reading a lot. I read through the book of Galatians this week, and I've been in Romans this morning, and just um, really looking at how God highlights the difference between works and faith and how we're justified. Um, And so this is Romans 4, the whole chapter. So just enjoy. (laughs) Lord uh, has written this. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? So they're talking about righteousness through faith. If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, because he would have done it in his own strength, but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to him, now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. You work, you get paid, right? However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. Just for belief. Faith. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised, so those that followed the law? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but actually before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then, he is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised, in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is then also the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised, but also who follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham has before he was circumcised. It's a lot of back and forth, but basically, (laughs) um, the faith that Abraham had was credited to him as righteousness and not, and he, he followed the law after that, um, to be circumcised, um, as a, as a sign or a showing of what he, um, of his obedience to God. So, um, that means that, so in the first covenant. Um, so, so those that are Jew and Gentile, both then can have Father Abraham as Father Abraham, is what that's saying. I forgot what verse I'm on now. <laughs> it was not through the law, so this is explaining it. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, Faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, because of all of this, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He's the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. 
He is our Father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being those things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. And it's so encouraging to me. Um, like you heard a little bit about my story earlier, but um, even in the face of complete illogical things, Abraham was said that he would have a son that would be father the nations, that then more would come through. And so in the face of illogical things, he was 100 years old, like, I can look at things and go, but God, and say, I have faith that what God says, he will do, and I can trust him because of who he is. And then that, what the scripture says, is credited to us as righteousness. Amen. Amen. My children was going to be in a spiritually dangerous situation this weekend. I don't think physically, but spiritually, um, with the people he was going to be with. And so I started to pray at the beginning of the week. You know, we can put up pre-planned resistance against the enemy's attacks. We can pray a perimeter of protection around our children and those we love, whether it be physical protection that they need, spiritual protection, emotional protection, but we can go ahead and kind of be that vanguard for them. So um, one of the verses I've been praying is um, in Psalm 91. It's about that he will give his angels charge over you and you know that they're going to surround you and encamp round about you. So I've, I've been praying that all weekend, and I haven't heard from him because he's still on the weekend, obviously. <laughs> but yesterday I got a thing, and it just so encouraged me, an email, not from my son or a family member, um, but from missionaries I pray for, um, Shar and Paul Mapindi. I don't know if you've ever heard them, but they go to the Congo and they minister in dangerous places in the Congo. And so the, I'm just going to read to you. It's just short, if that's okay. Um, what happened this week. Tonight, I, Paul, taught at a local church in a remote area called Makala. The Makala neighborhood is infested with bandits, especially after darkness falls. 
So we were a bit concerned when we were returning to the car after the service and the road was very dark. Groups of young people were all over the place watching us walk past them. I noticed a man walking right behind Char and I, all the way to the car that was waiting for us. I didn't know him. He was not part of our ministry team. Well, I later found that this strange man is a local police officer who is a student of our Bible correspondence course. When he heard that we would be preaching in Makala, he made sure he was there, fully armed, but in plain clothes, ready to defend us if bandits attacked us. He did this without letting anyone know. And so it's just a word of encouragement to me. We know that the enemy is always walking around, it says in First Peter, looking for someone who he can devour. He wants to devour us mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. But God has his um, safety plan, his safety net for all of us. And so this was just an encouragement to me of how the Lord protects us and provides us and um, helps us walk in victory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I didn't have to turn very far because we uh, Nancy opened up with 1 Corinthians 14. And um, I just saw this passage in 1 Corinthians 13 just pop out of the page at me. Um, So it's 1 Corinthians 13, starting at 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Uh, As I've been sitting with that and listening to the other words, I'm just feeling like, you know, we're we're living in a world that is just divided and broken. Um, If you've been following the news, you've been seeing probably news of a whole bunch of disasters disastrous things happening in um, Haiti with the earthquake there, in Afghanistan with the military takeover there, um, here and around the world. um, We're still in this COVID situation, and there's just so much division. Um, There's there's strong opinions about what to do from both sides in every single situation. And this passage, I just think, speaks to us and where, where we should be in all of this is just love. Love, covering over a multitude of sins. Love, not offending. Uh, Love, not um, being prideful or um, keeping a record of wrongs. This is just something that we have as the body of Christ that the world doesn't necessarily have. And it's something that we have to be able to show them and to live out by example. Our love, uh, which comes from Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't produce this kind of love. We all know that this kind of love is difficult. It's not easy to just do these things in love. Uh, But it comes from Jesus, and my prayer is that he just continues to strengthen each and every one of us in love 
so that we can continue to be his body, um, his hands and feet, and showing people that there's a better way. There's a, there's a way to love each other, even if we don't all agree, even if uh, we're not all on the same page about every single detail of every single issue. We can still love each other, and we can still be a unified body of Christ. Amen. So mine, basically, it's weird because it goes with somewhat about yours. And mine's uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens him or me or whoever. Uh, And that's my whole story of my life. Between people doubting me, between people telling me that you're too short, you can't do this, you can't do that. And, like... I don't believe it. I believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Just like everybody in this room and around the world can do whatever they want. As long as they have the faith, they believe, they put the time, the work in. And it's just like the words, like I have this 15 minute or this song that I have stuck in my head every day. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Like that's who God is. God tells us that we are always capable of doing amazing things because he makes the way for us, he prepares the way for us, and without him in our life, like, we wouldn't be able to do the things we're doing today. Amen. So good. I hate public speaking, (laughs) but as soon as Nancy said to just um, ask God what's on your heart, uh, this is the passage that came to mind. Um, It's one that's really important to me, and I don't know who else needs to hear this, but um, maybe just close your eyes and let these words um, just fall over you today. But now this, this is what the Lord says. Oh, it's from Isaiah 43. He who created you, Jacob, who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba for in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I am formed and made. Lead out those who who have eyes that are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the people assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and who proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witness to prove they were right so that others may hear and say it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. 
Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed. I and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver you out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you've been really waiting, thinking, hmm, I wonder if I should share this or not, I invite you to come. I saw quite a few people with phones out. Thank you, Miko. Well, we're waiting for um, Miko. I have one as well. <clears throat> and that is uh, from Psalm 121. I'll put that down myself. In this very short psalm, which is only eight verses, five times we're reminded that the Lord watches over us. And so I just find that a great comfort. So Psalm 121, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is a shade at the right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. And again, what a comfort to know that the Lord's eyes are always on us. To me, I just find great comfort and strength in that. Please, come up. This is just one that probably the only one I heard before that I know but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint amen awesome um, this one I just thought of like near the beginning before the people go in the chest if there's someone who's been waiting so I didn't share yet yeah yeah First um, Peter 5 or 7, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It's one that I like and I thought of it earlier. Amen. Thank you so much, Sarah. Anyone else? Okay, let's close in prayer. And so, Heavenly Father, we just praise you and thank you for the power of your word. I praise you and thank you that you're a God who speaks. I praise you and thank you that you're a God who watches over us continually. Lord, you are such a good God. 
We exalt you. We thank you for your word that is truth. May you strengthen us, Lord. And may you continue to speak to us so that we can build up the body so that we can strengthen our own faith, so we can grow in intimacy with you. So, Lord, we exalt you and we invite you um, to keep pulling us in, just like you're inviting Miko to come in. You speak to us, and so we're just so grateful that you desire intimacy with each of us. May your will be done in and through us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.